Welcome to the Food Freedom Habit Podcast, where you can find freedom from food crazies using nothing but your own brain. With me, Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach. Would you like permanent food and body peace without tracking one trigger or calorie? Whether you're dealing with overeating, binge eating, bulimia, food obsession, body hate, or the endless diet cycle, we do all this without delving into past trauma, starting yet another food plan, or monitoring every meal. Live a free life aligned with your health and values. If you're ready for something real, you're in the right place. All episodes are 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. Hello, hello. We are ending eating disorders using nothing but your brain. Yes, that's right. It doesn't mean we are being on a meal plan for the rest of our lives or changing all of our environment or trying to get rid of all the triggers or delve into all of the past whatever happened. Like using nothing but your brain, not having an eating disorder anymore. It's your brain that started the eating disorder. And when you know what to do to interact with your brain to get it to end the eating disorder, then you don't have one anymore. Like your brain is working just fine if you have an eating disorder. Like that's the thing. It's like your brain created the patterns. And then once you know how to break the patterns, break those habits of thought, then you're done and you're free. And we're talking binge eating, bulimia, overeating, body hate, food obsession, chewing and spitting, bulimia in all of its forms, right? So it's the over-exercising and the starvation, the yo-yo dieting and the yo-yo dieting and more yo-yo dieting. And this isn't a diet. This is a lifestyle change. The yo-yo lifestyle changing, <laughs> So this is about not having an eating disorder anymore, not having the struggle, whatever you call it, right? You might call it emotional eating. You might call it food addiction. You might call it just being a chocoholic, being out of control with food, compulsive eating. Cool. A food struggle by any other name is still ended the same way. And that is what we've done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times for incredible people all around the world. We literally specialize in helping people to end this problem that have struggled for over 40 years, four zero, four zero. It's like half of a lifetime is a lot of the people that we help. And in a matter of weeks, like we're talking two, four, six, eight weeks, done. Do not have an eating disorder anymore. We are going to talk about something just so fun today, so much fun. And we are going to talk about what freedom is like, really what it's like to live free of the struggle. Because I know a lot of us, we've been struggling with this for so long that we can't even remember what it was like not to, or it started so early in our lives that we don't even remember what it's like not to. And we can sort of look around and like see how other people are different from us. And, oh, it's like this person that I is my partner, like they just eat whenever they want and they just eat whatever they want and they all seem to stay the same size. And let's see, like this person doesn't seem like they're thinking about food or being in a room being like, am I the only one that's just thinking about the food right now? Like, is everyone just talking to each other and not realizing that the appetizers are here? Like, so we get a glimpse of that, but I just want to pull back the curtain and really be clear and real with you guys because we've seen this so much, right? Like we've literally like I don't have an eating disorder anymore. We've seen this hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times and people celebrating. I mean, I talked to one of our grads yesterday. She's just an absolute delight. It's been like years and years that she's been graduated now. And she's just celebrating like how it just keeps on getting better and better and better and how food is a complete non-issue. But here are all the ways that it's rippled out into other areas of our life. And so when we live in this society that has just honestly like 
low expectations of what recovery, and I'll put that in quotes, is, but it's people are used to using that language. Like people are like, oh, well, maybe you can manage your binging so you don't do it as much. Or maybe even though I'm always going to have this struggle with food, then maybe I'll be able to do it without hurting my health so much or without gaining so much weight or trying to mitigate the damage. Or, you know, maybe I can control my triggers and try to live in a bubble and control literally everything in my life so that I don't binge. And people are calling that recovery. And that's still a really hard life. Like that's still a problem. Like that on its own, having to track every calorie and trigger and emotion and constantly try to control all of your life and your food and everyone else's food. Like, even if you're not binging, that's still a really inconvenient and awful way to live. And then we think about internally, right? Like all of the shame that we carry around and all of the self-hatred and feeling out of control and feeling like our physical bodies can't represent like who we really are. Like, all that is really hard. And honestly, we have we have women coming to us that they haven't had eating disorder behaviors for like a decade. Like I'm thinking of two women right now, it was over 10 years for them. And they hadn't binged, they hadn't purged, they hadn't even overeaten. But every single day, mentally, they were just thinking about this all day long and thinking about food and obsessing about food and having to control all their food. They came to us because they were just so tired of the mental piece of it, right? So even if you get rid of the physical piece of an eating disorder, if you don't end the, the mental and emotional piece, it, it's still horrible. And so real freedom, true freedom, the kind of freedom that we, it's so fun because we get to see that every single day is not only possible, but it's predictable. We know exactly how to fix this problem. And so for any of you guys who have who have just had low expectations because nobody's told you that you could be free or you don't know what that's like or you haven't been able to experience that, I want to just take some time today and chat about what real, real freedom looks like in a, a couple of different aspects and really just to celebrate with you guys that this is available to all of you. When you have the help that you need to end this problem, then the natural side effect of that is all of the beautiful pieces of freedom that that come from being done, like done, 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 like never going to come back, non-issue, oh, remember when I used to feel that way, done, like done. We're going to talk about four different aspects here um, of real freedom and what it looks like on the other side of a, a, the struggle with food, where you don't have the struggle anymore. So the first one is physically. Physically, freedom is you're not doing it anymore, right? Like you're not binging, you're not overeating, you're not compulsively eating, like the behavior's not happening. Like those 5,000 extra calories that used to go into your body at 10 p.m. just isn't happening anymore. So physically, it's stopping the behavior where you're not doing it. You're not doing the binging, you're not doing the purging, you're not doing the over-exercising. Like the things that were part of that cycle that you were compulsively doing over and over, you're simply not doing them anymore. What happens physically from there is you stop teaching your body to gain weight. I'll say it again. You stop teaching your body to gain weight. So many people don't realize that the very things they're doing to try to lose weight is teaching their body to gain weight. I'll give you a few examples. If you want to teach your body to gain weight, restrict your food, go on a diet, cut out entire food groups, create a lot of stress around food. 
those are ways that you teach your body to gain weight. Uh, lose weight and then gain it back. You are teaching your body to gain weight. So when you're out of the cycle, physically what happens is you're not teaching your body to gain weight anymore. And when you're not teaching your body to gain weight and to hold on to all of the fat stores that it possibly can, then you start seeing not by force and not by 21 day plan and not by deprivation and starvation, you just as a side effect start noticing physical changes, right? So your energy starts coming back because you're not trying to digest all of these, like it's not feast or famine, right? Like you're not in, you know, yo-yoing anymore. And so you start having a lot more like physical energy, which is wonderful. It's just like, oh, I don't need coffee, right? It's just like, <laughs> you can still have coffee, but it's like the, the stamina, like the energy, the, when you're exhausted at the end of the day, instead being like, oh, I've got more energy. Like what other projects do I want to do? So physically that starts happening. Also, when you're not teaching your body to gain weight, then your body can start regulating naturally back to its set point weight. So your body has a set point weight that by the way, every single time that you go on a restrictive diet, you have about a one in three chance of permanently pushing that up forever. If you needed any more incentive to stop teaching your body to gain weight. Um, so your body starts naturally going back to its set point weight. And the cool thing about that is, is that it's absolutely effortless. For the very first time in your whole life, your, your body is adjusting on its own. It's not through force and it's not through striving and it's not through like dangerous stimulants and things that will cause you permanent heart damage. Like it's actually a completely natural and safe process for your body to go back to its set point weight. So what else happens physically? Um, physically, what we've seen a lot of times is the, the foods that used to be incredibly bothersome. Um, like, oh, well, I can't eat this or I can't eat that. You know, it causes me stomach troubles, you know, and that, that's still like, there are aspects of that are just like, maybe you have like, you know, food intolerance or whatever. But what we see is that a lot of times those sorts of things start going away because you're not taxing your body so much with like tons and like, a, a, you know, 4,000 calories of it all at once. And so your body can just handle food better. Like physically you start digesting, especially with like bulimia, your body learns to digest food. Like, cause it wasn't used to that before. You're doing something very unnatural is you're not letting your body digest food with bulimia. So once you can digest food, it's a really amazing thing. And, you know, sometimes at the beginning, there's a little bit of bloating or your body's adjusting and then it just goes away and you can digest food and your, your body isn't, it's not just about the yo-yoing, right? It's not just about, you know, lose 50 pounds and gain 60 pounds. This is about like the day to day, right? Like, so before you will eat a meal and you just feel awful and bloated and your pants don't fit and it's just like um, you just feel really terrible and lethargic and then you're trying to like do a bunch of stuff and drink a bunch of water and you know figure things out or take laxatives or like you're trying to always sort of equalize it. And this is about your body just being calm and this like, I mean, there's a little bit of fluctuation because we're human beings, but like that, that bloating, that uncomfortableness, like that just, that goes away, not only because you're not binging, but because your body knows how to digest food. It knows what to do with it. Huzzah! How cool is that? Your body can get back to doing what it so naturally, wonderfully does. So your body regulates back to its set point weight. Oh, the other thing physically that happens is that your metabolism comes back. And so how do you destroy a metabolism? Yo-yo dieting. Like you are teaching your body that nothing is ever going to be stable or safe. So your, 
depriving it of food and calories and food groups. And so your metabolism down regulates and it says, okay, well, if you're not going to give us enough food, we're just going to burn fewer calories. It used to take you this many calories to live throughout the day. Well, we're going to downregulate everything and it's just going to take less. That's why you can go on a diet and, you know, lose five pounds a week at the beginning and then one pound a week after a little while because your body slows your metabolism down. Then on that super slow metabolism, then we pile 10,000 calories of peanut butter and chocolate and bread and fast food or whatever it is because we're off the wagon. And that little sneaking along slow metabolism can't handle it. And so it just stores it all as fat. It, you know, it just, it cannot handle all of that, right? And then it gets used to, okay, well, this is feast or famine. And so there's this huge tax on your body after a binge. Then you really slow down your metabolism through the, the restrictive dieting. And so your metabolism is just done, like done. We have had women come to us that were gaining 10 pounds a week and their eating hadn't changed. They were binging before and they're still binging when they come to us. But the binging used to be like, oh, I binge, but I'm strong and I work out and it's crazy. I can eat all this food, but I haven't gained that much weight. And then without changing anything in their eating, they're gaining 10 pounds a week, 10 pounds a week. So five weeks, 50 pounds. That's what happens when your metabolism has just had it, when it's just done, when it's like, you're not taking care of us anymore. What you are doing is crazy. Like we can't, we can't do it anymore. That's how diabetes works. You guys like your diabetes, type two diabetes is like, we just can't handle all of the spikes in insulin anymore. Like we're tired. We're done. Like that's why you have to start like doing insulin through medication because your body's not doing it anymore. It's tired. It's done. Like so many of our chronic diseases are, our body just gets worn out. Like the natural processes that like help us to thrive and have it be an effortless thing, just get worn out. So the same thing happens with your metabolism. So with freedom, yeah, with freedom, what happens is that you have a metabolism that is just like rocking and rolling, which means you can have dessert and it has no consequence on your life. Like your weight doesn't change. Like you don't feel horrible. Like, I mean, we haven't even gotten to the emotional and mental part yet, but like physically, like you can eat a variety of foods. You can eat more on one day and less on another day because you have a metabolism that can handle it. You have a metabolism that just burns up calories for fuel because it's finally safe. Like it's in a safe place. So those are some really wonderful things that physically happen. Oh, let's actually talk about a couple more because it's fun. I'm just thinking of all these, these celebrations that we get to see all the time. So you get to learn what you actually like. Like, so we have a wonderful grad of our program. Oh, oh, Kara, like her, uh, her freedom story came out just a little while ago. So one thing that she got to find out is she would always binge on cake before. And then when she's, now that she's free from this food struggle, then she realized, I don't like cake. The thing I used to binge on, the thing that used to feel just like the craziest thing that I was so compelled to like eat tons and tons of, she doesn't like it. She's like, I don't like cake. And she finds out things that she does like, and she finds out things she doesn't like. We lose so much touch physically with our body that we get to, on the side of freedom, get back in touch with our body and realize what we actually like. 
you guys, there are so many binge foods that I used to binge on, obviously, that really aren't very yummy. Like, I don't like that much. And it's not about like, oh, I just don't like sugar. Like, oh, sugar is just terrible. No, sugar is delicious, right? It's like sweet things are delicious. But there are certain things that you like more than others. And when you're not in touch with your body, when you're just binging on something, you're not paying attention and you can't pay attention, right? Like you're li literally your your mind and your taste buds, everything is just like you know, done. Like you can't taste it. You don't know what you like. You're so out of touch with yourself. When you go from that to actually realizing what it's like to have something that tastes sweet and then realize that you can be in touch with your own preferences of like, oh, I like this and I don't like this. It's cool. It's really, really cool. And it makes just easing, eating so easy. Oh, oh, there's so much here, you guys. <laughs> I was going to move on. Maybe we'll just do this whole live feed about like the physical parts of freedom. So there's also your hunger and fullness signals coming back. So a lot of us are like, oh, you know, I'll binge and I'll still feel hungry and it's so crazy. And like, I know that I've eaten, but I still feel hungry. And this is like, and you know, I never really, you know, feel hunger to promise me to eat. It's like I'm full all the time. It's just really out of whack, right? Because we've just shown our bodies that we cannot be trusted. And so our hunger and fullness signals are just like gone. And a lot of us start out thinking like, oh, I'm, I'm broken and I don't have those. Yeah, you do. You totally do. You've just been covering them up with this disordered eating where you can't, it's like the music is still there, but there's so much construction noise, <laughs> like you can't hear it. Once you get rid of all the noise, then you can actually like, hear what's going on. Like you can actually know what your hunger and fullness signals are. So it's really fun. A lot of times we'll see this pop up in just like a few weeks, sort of depending on everyone's individual journey. But it is such a cool thing to, for the first time in like decades, a lot of times with the people we work with is that there you eat something and you get full and you know that you're full and you feel that you're full. You're not even looking for it. You're not like, oh, where am I on a scale of one to 10? Like, you don't need that. This is a natural human thing. It's just a fullness signal of like, oh, I'm full now. And here's the cool thing that happens is that you lose your interest in food. That's the thing that comes along with it is once you feel satisfied, and by the way, you can feel satisfied, that's really nice. Once you feel satisfied, then your like interest, your draw toward food just goes away because you're full. It could be your favorite food. It could be the most delicious food in the world. It can be like, oh, and now here's dessert. I'll have to have some later. I just wouldn't enjoy it now. I'm full. Like that's what comes back. And if you are in the sound of my voice and you're like, that's not possible for me. Yeah, it is. It is because it's just the disordered eating that gets in the way. Like we have had people come to us that are just like, I don't have hunger and fullness signals. I, I didn't when I was little, I didn't now. It's been 50 years that I've struggled with this. I never expect that to come back. And in like four weeks, they're like, oh, that's what it feels like to be full, <laughs> ta-da. And then your hunger signals come back. So instead of like planning and looking at the clock and having a meal plan, you can just be in your day and doing your stuff. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I'm hungry. Oh, and this is what I feel like eating. Eating is so easy. And please know, I, I don't say that from a place of like, I'm thin, I've always been thin, like I've never struggled with food. Like, don't you guys realize that eating is easy? No, like this is coming from someone who eating was the hardest thing in my whole life. It was my greatest pleasure and my most horrible nightmare. It was this love, hate, out of control, compulsive cry all night long because I feel so bad about it. And then you find out on the other side of this that eating is 
easy. So you're going throughout your day and you just feel hungry. You're like, ooh, I'm hungry. Ooh, and this sounds good. No meal plan required, you guys. You just know what sounds good. And what sounds good, your desires change, right? And so you're like, ooh, I could really go for a salad right now, or oh, a sandwich sounds good, or oh, I'll just go out, grab, grab a quick protein shake or whatever. Because a incorrect thought is like, oh, well, if I just let myself have what I wanted, if I just ate intuitively, right? Eating intuitively when you still have an eating disorder is such an oxymoron. It's like your intuition about food is gone. So how are you gonna eat intuitively? Eating intuitively is super easy when you don't have an eating disorder anymore because eating is extremely intuitive. Intuitive eating doesn't make sense in that context because it's like, it's the, it is intuitive. Like that's what your body does. It's like intuitive breathing. It's like, why would I need that? I know how to breathe. But when you are under all of this disordered patterns of eating, then it seems really hard. But you actually know what you want and you know what you like. And it's not, oh, it's chocolate. And it's not, I want cupcakes all the time. In fact, all of those artificial cravings are gone because we teach ourselves to have those cravings. So when those artificial cravings are gone, you can just eat like real normal food. And yeah, you'll want ice cream sometimes, cool. But it's not gonna be all the time. You're just gonna want like breakfast stuff around breakfast time and lunch stuff around lunch time, whatever that, that looks like for you. But what we find and what we see over and over and over, a huge celebration is that once you get the disordered eating out of the way, effortlessly, you're eating healthier than you ever have in your life. Because you don't have all of these artificial cravings, you don't have this insatiable extreme hunger, and you're in touch with yourself so you know what you want. And it's effortless, it's effortless. It's like super, super easy. So let's see, physically, anything else? Because there's a, a lot of other things that came up that I hadn't planned. Um, but this is just like the day-to-day, -day, right? Like these are the patterns that we see over hundreds and hundreds of people now free. Like it's not just my experience. Like, oh, okay, cool. Now you're at the point where you're getting your hunger and fullness signals back. Okay, cool. Now you're at the point where you actually know what you like and you can be satisfied with food. Awesome. Okay, so that's physically. Mentally, yes, yes. Okay, so mentally, think of how much mental energy is spent on thinking about food, on planning food, about beating yourself up about food, about trying to look for the ways that you're not gonna eat that food that you're afraid of eating. Like, it's all throughout the day. It's always, even if it's not in the forefront, it's on the back burner. You're calculating calories. You're waking up thinking of what you're going to eat. You already know what you're gonna eat, but you still think about it 10,000 times. You're thinking about all the food in your cupboard. You're thinking about the groceries that you're gonna go get. You're thinking about the, the event that's gonna happen next week where there's gonna be food and what am I gonna do there and what am I gonna bring and what if somebody brings this and how am I gonna not eat this or what if I do eat that? What do I need to do today to make up for the food that I ate yesterday but to also plan for the food that I'm going to have later today? Oh, well, I might be eating something different. I might be having a dessert so I probably should work out you know, extra earlier today. Oh, well, there's this thing that I ate in 1982 that I really regret so I just like, that's that's being facetious. but. It takes up so much mental energy, so much mental energy. For a lot of the people that we work with, they say on average it's about 80% of the day, 80% of the day. And so mentally what happens is you get all of that room back in your brain. You can actually just be quiet. Like you can sit and read a book 
You can meditate. You can lay in bed at night and just fall asleep. You can be with people and there's food around and you don't notice. You're not thinking about it. You're not at your mom's house going through an inventory of everything that she has in her pantry. You can just be there with your mom. That is that beautiful mental space that you get back on the side of freedom. And so some interesting fears that come up with this of like, if I wasn't thinking about food all day long, what would I think about? Let's just look at that for a minute. Really? What would you think about? Like, I know it can feel like a big thing to get 80% of your brain back, but you don't have to like think of other things to think about. You just get to think about those things. Just like you aren't deciding to think about food for 80% of the day, you're going to have other thoughts that come into your mind. Like you're going to be thinking about creativity. You're going to be enjoying memories. You're going to be thinking of all the sort of ideas that other people have that are advancing their careers and improving their relationships and making them a better person. All those things that you're missing out on, you get those back. Yeah, it's awesome. We've seen people starting to make a thousand more dollars a week just because they have more mental energy in their brain and they can commit it more to like their projects that we're doing. We have seen people wake up to the fact that people are treating them badly in their life and they didn't notice because there was so much mental energy being taken up about food in their brain. We've seen people say, wow, I don't have a problem with focus. Wow, that's not an issue for me at all. I was just thinking about food 80% of the time and now that I have my brain back, I can focus just fine. But it's really hard to hold 80% of your day with all of these food thoughts and then to do anything else. We've seen people improve, like they're getting their their masters or their their PhDs, like they're getting advanced degrees and school gets way easier because they can think about what they're doing. Like it's not, you're not always managing all of like this constant running mental energy that goes toward food because it's, it's you like this useless space, this 80% being taken up. Like if you just wrote a dialogue of all of the things that your brain said all day, None of it is like important stuff that you need to remember. It's the same thing over and over and over. It's the calculating calories. It's the, what am I going to eat? It's the planning it over and over. It's the adjusting your meal plan in your brain over and over and over. It's thinking about your body. It's thinking about how am I going to lose weight? It's, it's repetitive. So 80% of your brain space is taken up by like the same 10 things just cycled over and over and over. You're brainwashing yourself. Like, so you get that back. You get that back. Another thing that can come up is this is distracting me. And so what happens if it's not distracting me anymore? And this is really detrimental, you guys. Like this is a pattern that will actually keep us in our disordered eating of who would I be without it? If I wasn't distracted by this all day long, what would I think about? There are so many things that I don't want to face that I don't want to think about. Then we actually use our eating disorders to delay facing our real life and our real thoughts. And I can understand you might have some really hard things that you're worried about dealing with, but I promise you that those problems are still there and you're just making it harder by numbing it and distracting yourself with food. And you always have a choice. So when you've got your brain back and when you can think about stuff, you don't have to think about the things you don't want to think about. 
I mean, like we don't have total control over our, our minds, right? But it's not like there's like all of these problems that come knocking at the door and all these things we have to deal with. You're not dealing with them now. You're distracting yourself with food. You can distract yourself with something else. You can do whatever you want, but you don't have to hurt yourself with this anymore. There is no reason for you to hang on to your eating disorder. I'll say it again. There is no reason for you to hang on to your eating disorder. Oh, but Lydia, I don't have other coping mechanisms. So what? You're not coping with anything. You're numbing yourself with food and giving yourself way more problems than you have if you didn't have those food problems. It's not helping anything. Eating 10,000 calories of chocolate is not some healing balm that makes your, your life better. Would your, would your problems be harder with diabetes or easier with diabetes? Would it be easier with an eating disorder or without an eating disorder? Like, we have never once, never once, with the hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people that we have freed from this problem, where they can be on the other side of this and be like, I don't have an eating disorder anymore. I don't have a problem with food. I don't have this struggle anymore. My brain is back. The behaviors are gone. I'm emotionally like steady and happy and calm. We have never once had anyone say, wow, life was so much easier when I thought about food 80% of the time. Wow, I liked myself so much better when I had an eating disorder. Get me back, that gal, like never happened. Never once happened. And with a lot of things, there are exceptions, right? Of just like, oh, this doesn't usually happen, but one time it did. Nope, this has never, ever, ever happened. We have never once had someone tell us that now that they're free, they liked having an eating disorder better. The life was easier. Never. That's so what you're going to find out is your thoughts can't hurt you and your emotions can't hurt you. And the only reason that you feel so overwhelmed and like you couldn't handle any of that is because you're, you are having the struggle with food that takes up so much bandwidth that you feel like you can't handle anymore. Look at how strong you are on the other side of this. Just celebrate and enjoy how strong you get to be on the other side of this when you've got your brain back and you've got your emotions back. So you can go to the grocery store and just buy food and leave. Like, you don't have to mentally cycle these things over and over. You don't have to plan things. Like, so you get your brain back. So that's what happens mentally or some things happen mentally. Emotionally. Emotionally is we numb ourselves with food. It's a way to exist but not live. It is hell. It's a horrible way to live. To wake up every morning and just try to get through the day, to just exist to try to constantly hide from yourself, to not look in the mirror, to, and all the while, when we think that we're numbing with food, and yes, there is, there is a numbness to that. There is a, I am already dead, but I'm still existing. There is a, there is a slow suicide or a quicker one. If there are you know, practices like bulimia where your heart can stop and instant death can happen in three different ways anytime you perch. So whether it's fast or slow, it is, it's a, it's a form of death. And emotionally, although we're numb, there's just this underlying tone of shame, guilt, and not good enough, and sorrow, and regret, and it's awful. And then we add on to that every single time that we binge. 
So like the shame that was already there, then we binge again. And then there's more shame. And then we eat more food to numb that. And then there's more shame. And then we eat more food to numb that. And it's not going away. Numbing doesn't make these things go away. It just compacts it more and more and more. And it builds up and it builds up and it builds up. And we feel worse and worse and worse. And we hate ourselves for it. But then we don't know what else to do and we get afraid of our emotions. And so we think, well, it's better to numb myself with food than to feel this. But what's important to understand is that the thing you're trying not to feel, it's at your own hand. It's like, yeah, there's some shame and there's some sadness that maybe happened to you a long time ago, but those things aren't happening right now. The current shame and sadness is the things that we're doing to ourselves, that we feel out of control, that we feel like failures, failures, failures. That is such a hard thing to carry around to feel like a failure, to feel broken, and then to try to numb it with the very things that make us feel broken and like failures. That is a losing game. And we're the ones that lose. So emotionally, this is what happens. Is the transformation with the process of, of what we teach people, how to get free from this, is that it can feel like a lot at first, like you're feeling for the first time, whoa, can I handle that? And then you find out, yes, you find out quickly. You find out in one evening, yes, <laughs> yes, I can handle it because I'm not scared of my thoughts anymore and I'm not scared of my emotions anymore. And I can see that it's actually easier instead of living in that fear all the time, just being able to experience an emotion and you just become sort of invincible feeling, sort of bulletproof, because the thing that you were scared of, that you were running from this whole time, the monster under the bed, you just looked under the bed, and you're just like, oh, nothing there. It's not that bad. So what happens emotionally is a lot of times there's this, there's this breakthrough point of because you're not numbing anymore, then you start feeling, right? Like your nerve endings start coming back. Like, it's like, oh, okay. And there's... There's two sides to this. The first is that it feels wonderful to be alive. You feel alive for the first time in a long time. You feel these in incredible swells of like joy and gratitude. And then on the other side, it sort of feels like a lot. It's like, whoa, like it's great to be alive, but it also feels like I'm not used to all of, you know, life in Technicolor, right? It's just like, whoa. And so that's, that's one part of what we help people to navigate is like, this is what you do with those emotions. This is how you actually experience those emotions. And you know, it's a, it's a skill that people learn very quickly and it's awesome, but it's, it doesn't continue to be that intense. It just feels intense because it's new. That's it. it just feels intense because it's new. And then it's just the gratitude that you get to keep of like, wow, I can, I can live, I can experience my emotions. And what happens is when you turn down when you numb, you turn down everything, right? So you might be numbing the shame and the failure, but you're also failing. You're also numbing like the joy and the happiness. And so that's that's that feeling of being dead. That's that feeling of being numb. And then a lot of times we're medicating on top of that, which creates even more numbness. So it's like numbness on top of numbness, and then you just you don't feel like you're living at all. Um, and that's really hard. It's really hard. But it's a joy to have those emotions come back. So those are the things that sort of initially happen emotionally once you get free from this. But then what gets to happen is 
you are leaning into your joy and your power and you're leaning into like just the the happiness of life like you're getting to notice things and be grateful for things and like experience all the things that are real joy because we transitioned from like the disordered eating of food is my joy food is my fun food is my friend to wow i have this amazing family right in front of me or i have these incredible friends or i have this amazing career or i just i have myself like you get to enjoy yourself again you get to enjoy who you are and your thoughts and your brain and your emotions and your body and like you get to know and enjoy yourself and it's so fun and then all of the shame and the guilt and the beating yourself up and the i would never say that to somebody else but i say it to myself all day every day all of that that is part of the cycle of this eating disorder you're not having to deal with that anymore so you don't have all this horrible stuff that you want to numb anymore because you're not creating all of those awful feelings of like failure and shame and guilt. And so it's this burden. It's this lightness that you get to step into because the burden of all of this emotional stuff being gone is so wonderful. And then you get to step into this lightness and now you're getting to really experience the joy and the fun, like the how life should be. And that's what gets to happen emotionally. And I know that seems like all that, that's a lot. I know it's a lot, but this problem with food damages so much of your life. It damages us physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, it damages our connection. It distorts everything like from the inside out. Like, and so you do, you get a lot of life back. Like it's really fun. We have we have so many people who come to us and their eating disorders are like literally killing them, right? Like, it's just like my body is shutting down. Like I've been diagnosed with this and this and this, and here's like my third autoimmune disorder. Like, so that is not an uncommon thing that we see. And even though coming to us and getting the help they need saves their life and frees them from their eating disorder, like the thing they never thought they could be free from, and now they're free from it even though that is wonderful and amazing and what they came to us for, what we hear over and over is that it's the other benefits that are even sweeter. And it's a really big deal to not have an eating disorder anymore. But we hear, so thinking of one of our grads, she said, I've had an eating disorder for a really long time since I was young. And it's wonderful to be done with that. But honestly, not the, the chains and the claws of perfectionism that have just hurt me every day since even before my eating disorder, that is even better. That's even better to have that done. Because now she's freed from all of the beating herself up, all of the, the perfectionism that was making her feel like she was never good enough. Like she gets to be free from that. There's another grad that I'm thinking about. She graduated just a little while ago. And she said like, um, it's wonderful to be free from the binge eating. She's like, but it's just such a non-issue now. The, the bigger thing for me is that I don't hate myself anymore and I get to love myself now. Yeah, that's a big deal. Maybe even a bigger deal than food, but that is the side effect of getting free from the struggle with food because now she gets to step into like herself, like her true self. And we've had, to, oh man, I'm thinking, oh, okay, so another grad, she's really cool. Like she, she for about 30... 32 years, I believe, 
is it was like 32 35 somewhere in there she'd been struggling with binge eating like since she was like a little girl like four years old is when she started her binge eating and she came in she used these principles to end her eating disorder yay um and then she used these same principles to end her anxiety that she had been struggling with since she was a little girl and then she used these same principles to end her fear of flying and so she could get on a plane, like her and her partner, like, like went to Europe and like got to have like a trip together. They, they'd never gotten to have before. So this is the gift that keeps on giving. Like, this is what freedom is. It's like when you're underwater, all you want is air. And that's all you can think about. That's how it starts out with the food thing, right? It's like, I'm binging. I have to stop binging. I'm binging. I have to stop binging. It's, it's killing my life. I have to stop binging. It feels so panicky. So it's like, Underwater, all you can think about is I need air. But then once you get air, like once you don't have the struggle with food anymore, then you get to actually look around and be like, wow, what else do I want? Like, what else is possible for me? And the very same thing that got you out of that cage with food gets you out of any other cage. And that is the power of what we do here. That is the power of freedom. So I wanted to give you guys a glimpse into really what freedom is like. Freedom is not managing your eating disorder for the rest of your life. Like freedom is not having one anymore, not having the struggle anymore. That's the freedom that is available for you. And if you want that for yourself, you don't, you can be skeptical. You don't need to think it's possible for you. Who does? It's like we work with people who've been struggling for like over 40 years a lot of the time, right? Like they've literally, like nothing they have done over 40 years and they've tried everything. They've done the surgery and the medications and like the, you know, hundreds of diets and, you know, doctor's plans and diet pills and 25 years of therapy. They've done everything and nothing has fixed the problem. Of course they're skeptical. Of course they're like, well, I don't know that it's possible for me. That's fine. You can be skeptical. You don't have to believe anything. We're not asking you to have faith. We're asking you to show up and do the work. That's it. So this is how it starts. This is how it starts to show up and do the work that will actually get you to the other side of this. Because what is the alternative? Live the rest of your life with this? Like, you're either going to give up or you're going to get the help that you need. Like, it really is as simple as that. And we know exactly how to fix this problem. Like, exactly how to fix this problem. And the foundation of what everyone, every single person that we have freed from this problem has started in the same way. And that is with a breakthrough session. A breakthrough session is one of the best hours you will ever spend on your freedom because it is literally from an expert getting the help and support to get the foundation of freedom. The foundation of freedom is looking exactly how this is impacting you and what the cycle is. So you can actually get to the layers that you're not able to get to on your own. And it's a very powerful process. And then really looking at what freedom is for you on the other side of this. Because I've talked about freedom in like all sorts of ways that you can and people do experience freedom, but what does this mean for you? And that foundation of freedom is so important. And then we're gonna talk about really what's gonna get you to the other side of this. And that's a really important piece because a lot of people don't realize what it actually takes, what choices you need to make or what, what qualities you need to choose to show up and be from this point moving forward to get free. And we'll let you know about that too, but we'll let you know for you. This is not something where it's like we can do on just this mass scale of like, here's more information. If it was just more information, everybody would be free from this. Because think of what the wealth of information that we have. You can go and read 100 books and you can go and watch 100 YouTube videos and you can know so much stuff and still tonight go and binge in the closet. Like this is about the transformation of 
actually ending the behavior and the obsession and the emotional torture in your own life. And that's why the breakthrough session is about you, like you, you specifically, your journey. And that's actually a free session. So you can book a free breakthrough session. You can go to lydialifestyle.com slash session. That's lydialifestyle.com slash session. And you can, um, a free breakthrough session. What you want to do, we have such a huge demand for our help that sometimes we get really booked out. So if you can find a session, um, then book it right away and then really guard that time. We are restricted about any sort of reschedules because we have such a huge demand for our help that if you have that time, then that means no one else can have that time and you deserve that time, but you want to make sure to fully utilize that. Be there, be present, be ready to take some notes. Again, some of the best time you will ever spend on your freedom. And so be sure to be present because that's part of the issue is a lot of us are just like, well, everyone else comes before us. And if a work meeting comes up or if somebody says that they need me or if my kid needs this, it's like we prioritize ourselves last. Stop prioritizing yourself last. This is not just for you. This is for everyone because you living in this struggle impacts everyone around you as well. So choose, choose that you are worthy of this. And this is Lydia, the lifestyle coach signing off. Bye guys. Thanks for tuning in. If you felt a spark here and want to see how these principles can work in your own life, here is your next step. Pop over to lydialifestyle.com slash session. That's lydialifestyle.com slash session, where you can book a free session with our team. We'll give you a call and together find clarity on three things. One, the exact cycle you keep getting sucked into. Two, what isn't working with your approach. And three, what's missing to close the gap between food prison and food freedom. We have helped free hundreds of women all over the world from their food struggles. These are proven principles that work, no matter how long you've been stuck. This is Lydia, the Lifestyle Coach, signing off. Mwah!